you know, you talked about it in uh, tonight, David, the best records uh, in the Super Magic now, this team ties the best finishing record of all time. What, 11 and 2, right? Down the stretch, last 13 games. An impressive win tonight at Charlotte, North Carolina to wrap up the regular season. Knocking off the Charlotte Hornets. 122 to 114. It's a Magic claim the number seven seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs and will face the Toronto Raptors in the postseason starting this weekend. I think Orlando might be in for a tough time because Toronto will be reminded of what's happened to them the last couple of years when it got to playoff time. Welcome to Free Association, the playoff edition. Finally, I'm so over regular season basketball. I don't know about you. Thankfully, the playoffs are here. And the Raptors, they didn't get the 12:30 start that everyone thought they were going to get the NBA TV special. Actually, they, they got a, a decent look at Saturday at 5 before the Warriors game in primetime relatively. I'm Donovan Bennett. I'm with the primetime point guard, Tyler Ennis. It's playoff basketball, man. Are you happy? Yeah, finally. As the season winds down and certain teams start resting players and whatnot, it's just, um, you know, it's hard to watch at the end of the season. So it's been uh, a drag. Luckily, we have the March Madness stuff that we could kind of fill our nights with. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy the playoffs are here. Speaking of March Madness, before we break down Raptors, RJ declares, mm -hmm. had the uh, the low fade to make sure he looked clean as he's getting ready for his job interview, and then he'll grow it out as soon as he secures the bag. Um, that was like the worst kept secret in the world. Right. But now he's a pro. What's next for him? The summer when you declare and you get drafted, that's one of the busiest summers I've had. With him, he doesn't really have much pressure. I mean, he knows he's going either number two or number three, so I think he just needs to enjoy it. You know, he's in a really good spot, and just stay healthy more so than anything, and, and get ready for next season because it's... Uh, Probably the team he's going to end up on is going to really need him to step in, so it's going to be a big jump for him. And the Raptors are in a big spot as, as we transition to the playoffs. The only real question over the last, I want to say month, was who they were going to play, not even where they are going to play because they didn't really care about getting that one seed. The odds said it was going to be the Magic, but until the last night, we didn't know if it was going to be the Nets, the Magic, even the Pistons had a small shot depending on, on what happened and. Some scenarios, it's not the Pistons who swept them throughout the regular season. The Dwayne Casey revenge tour will not be happening, at least not yet. It's not the Nets who I think most people were afraid of, but I actually am a bit afraid of this Magic team. Break down the matchup on paper. If you're Raptors advanced scout and you're looking at this team, what scares you? I think you go unconfident if you're the Raptors. Obviously, I think Vucevic is their main piece. I think that's going to be... a um, a challenge for anybody, but I think that's that's why you brought in Mark Gasol. That's why you have Ibaka. That's why you have these big guys to match up with Vucevic and Embiid or Horford or whatever team you play in the East down the road. But um, you know, I think the Raptors should be confident. I think the Nets guard play would have been more of a challenge for the Raptors as opposed to um, playing the Magic. But I think you have uh, a, a Magic team who hasn't been, you know, a lot of guys who haven't played a playoff game. So if I'm the Raptors, I don't think I'm too worried. But uh, you know, obviously it's the NBA. You could uh, see any team beat any team on any night, but I think the Raptors are just too deep, too experienced, and just a lot better uh, from top to bottom than the, the Magic are. So what scares me about the Magic is a couple things. One, Jeff Weltman, the former assistant GM here in Toronto, now the president of the, Ma the Magic. He knows the personnel. He knows right. the roster. He knows where all the bodies are buried. And so from a 
from a situation where playoff basketball is so different than the regular season because it's not just one of 82. You're not just in a city and you're out. You're really learning the tendencies of the team, what they call, what sets they like, their personnel strength and weaknesses. They've got some institutional knowledge from Weltman to Terrence Ross, who as soon as he left Toronto, became a Raptor killer <laughs> and always put up big numbers. Then at the Air Canada Center, now the Scotiabank Arena. So that scares me. And then Vucevic down low. Although I will say this. I do think, though, that if we're looking at the first round like it's a, a mini you know, training camp or mini preseason to when it gets really real in the Eastern Conference semis, Eastern Conference finals, then potentially the finals, I think the Magic matchup helps them because there's going to be similarities and maybe defensive coverages in what they may see if they end up playing Philly in the second round. Mm-hmm. Vucevic, who's a guy who can score on the block like Embiid can. Situationally, maybe you want to say, well, okay, we'll live with guarding him one-on-one. We're not going to help and overreact. And he may go for 35. He may go for 40. But we're going to stay at home on all the shooters around him so they don't get off. I see some similarities in what the two teams do. And I think that would be a nice little test case for the Raptors if they do advance. Right, right. And I think, um, like I said all season, basically, it's up to them, you know, how far they go. And I think uh, as they, you know, dealt with some injuries, I think if they stay healthy, they have a really good chance of making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But, you know, it, it just comes down to, you know, we've seen such up and down playoff series with the Raptors in the past couple of years. So as a purely a fan, I, they do have to prove it to me, but I think their roster this year is a lot better than we've seen in the past couple of years. The up and down playoff series, I think, is a key point that you make because I'm watching this first round, not even with the Raptors playing that opponent. And you mentioned they're going to go as far as they want. I'm watching this first series as the Raptors playing against themselves. This series to me needs to be over in four, maybe five. Right. Because you're not just playing the magic. You're playing the field. And if you get drawn out in a seven-game series, especially in the first round, when sometimes there's two, three days in between games, if your next opponent takes care of business in four games, they're sitting at home for four days a week, that's an advantage that they've got on you for the next round already. And the the rest versus rust discussion, I'd rather have rest because yeah. that rust is going to come off at some point. Right, for sure. And that's why I think certainly when you look across and how the seeding and the bracket situated and is set up, and in the NBA they don't reseed because we want that TV money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want to wait. I think you look at Philly, Embiid has had some health issues talk that he's questionable even to start the first round that could be a longer series than people expect with philly and brooklyn so i think it's imperative especially with Kawhi and his health to take care of business quickly i mentioned seating denver is playing some games with seating in terms of if you weren't paying attention at the end of the regular season they had a game against portland and they're like yeah no we're fourth quarter all of our rotation guys were sitting Isaiah Thomas, you're going to play not 12 minutes total, which is what you normally play. You're going to play the last 12 minutes yeah. <laughs> nonstop. Like, it's an open gym run. They lost that game, and automatically people started to say they're ducking the Rockets. They want Portland to win, so they end up three, which would be the second-round matchup between Denver and Portland. The Rockets would slide to four because of the tiebreaker situation. The Rockets then would have to go through Golden State in the second round. Right. 
which, as we saw last year, went seven. And if Denver does go to the conference finals, they would face whoever survived that basically Royal Rumble between those two teams. Mike Malone came out and was basically squashing it and putting his nose up to anyone in the media who said that that's what they're doing, said it was ridiculous, said he doesn't know where it came from. I don't know. Your rotation pattern is where it came from. <laughs> like you're telling on yourself. Right. It's not like you rested some guys with like, hey, he's got back spasms, mm-hmm. something that no one really can could tell or he's right, got the right, flu. Right. You played your guys until you didn't want to play them anymore. I feel like the basketball gods kind of correct these things, even though the basketball gods is clearly not a real thing. Forget about what I think. If you're in that locker room, mm-hmm. what's the message to you as a player? So I, I compare it to my situation when I got traded to LA, where it was obvious we were tanking. And, <laughs> you know, they didn't come out and say, hey, we're going to lose tonight. But you'd see situations where, you know, we were playing the Spurs and we got up 20 in the first half. And obviously, you know, us being the Lakers and a super young team, that's not supposed to happen. And, you know, we were up 20 the whole game and we reached the fourth quarter and, you know, you've seen Meta come in. Meta who, Meta World Peace who didn't play the whole game. You've seen a bunch of guys sub in who didn't play. And of course, the Spurs make this big run. And, you know, like teams on a run, they hit a three and all right, timeouts coming. So as we're walking to the bench, you know, we see the coach like, nah, you guys got to keep playing. And it's, you know, it's a tough situation for the coaches, obviously, that, you know, I'm sure they have people in their ear telling them what to do. But as a player, I always felt disrespected when it's like, all right, we're, you know, we're tanking. And it's like, you want us to lose on purpose. But I think when it comes down to playoffs and if you don't want somebody tinkering with your, you know, where you're going to play and who you're going to play, then you have to have a better record. And with the Nuggets being the number two team in the West and having that record, I don't think it's good for the game that they purposely lost the game. But if they have to go through Portland instead of Houston and they sacrifice one game, then I honestly don't blame them for doing that. See, I think tanking is different because there's a couple things. One, we've got our established players, maybe older players. These games are meaningless. Why would we risk injury, expose them to extra minutes, wear and tear on their body? And we have another side of our roster that we need to evaluate. Mm. We need to decide, okay, this young guy, what do we need to work with him in the offseason? This young guy who's a free agent, do we want to re-sign him? And mm-hmm. if we do, at what price? How will we utilize him if we do? So there are actual basketball reasons to, when you're out of playoff contention, do different things with your roster. And if we're being frank, if you're trying to get better, a high lottery pick helps. Right. So in a way, even though you're not trying to be better in the moment, long-term you're trying to be better. Mm-hmm. And that's the way the draft lottery is situated. So change the rules, right? right? You've given me a system where it incentivizes me to lose. Well, I'm going to lose. Right. In the case of the Nuggets, if I'm a player and I'm on that team and I'm a competitor, I'm like, there ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Like, <laughs> can we beat these guys or can we not beat them? Right. No, right. I, I Whether it's one game, seven games, now, a month from now, two months from now. And to me, it says like, well, we need the exact perfect allotment of everything to go right. Plus, we need some breaks. Plus, we need them to, to be tired. Maybe they have an injury. And then we can win it. We, we don't feel like we're that nice. And actually, you know what? If we were a little bit healthier, we took our care of our business in this game, we would be the number one overall seed and we wouldn't care. Like, that's the way, if I'm the Nuggets, I would be thinking. But that's just me. Another scenario for you. There was on NBA Twitter the thought that well, maybe it's not just the Nuggets. Maybe if I'm the Houston Rockets 
And I know how game seven went a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I know that I lost Chris Paul in game six to a hamstring injury, which is basically over usage, right? You're just, your engine is, is overheating. It's the opposite of what I accuse the Nuggets of, of not being confident of beating the Warriors. On the Rockets, and I'm like, I don't care when I play Golden State. Does it make sense for them? And would they jockey to say, well, yo, let's take them in the second, second round. round as opposed when, to we're, when we're a little bit fresher, right. we're a little bit healthier. They wouldn't have known this at the time, but Steph tweaked his ankle in, in his last regular season game. So he's got a little bit less time coming off of that. These allotments of trying to game where you see goes both ways. And there's some people thought, if I'm the Rockets and my whole building is based on math formulas and analytics, <laughs> is the probability of us beating the Warriors greater if we play them three weeks from now rather than five or six weeks from now? I'll say this. <laughs> Looking and, and as a fan, I, this whole year I've kind of approached it as a fan. I'll say as a player, it's not as complex as you know the people that are like me being at home, being able to to kind of do this math and, and see everything going on, where as a player, you feel like you're in a totally different world. So I don't think they are sitting in the locker room like, hey, if we lose this, so, you know, I think it's more so maybe the front office, maybe the coaching staff, but as players, we've always just, you know, like, okay, we got, we're going to go win. Like, we're going to try to win this game. If coach takes me out or loses on purpose, then that's on him. But I do agree. Like, I, I didn't think about the Houston Rockets situation where they would play Golden State earlier, but I truly believe they... They, in their hearts, believe that they could beat Golden State. And, you know, I don't think they care. I think it's whether we play them in round two or the Western Conference Finals, we're going to have to go through Golden State at some point. And if I'm the Rockets, I'd rather play them earlier because you're depending basically on two guys to carry the load. And one of them is severely injury prone when it comes to, to playoff series. So it does make sense. But I don't know if they were able to kind of dictate that, you know, if the Nuggets didn't do what they did. So it's... It's easy to say hindsight as NBA Twitter or fans like, okay, this is what happened. But for the most part, when we look into stuff as fans, it's like, okay, no, that was just purely coincidence or, you know, that's the way things, things played out and and not so much, you know, I don't think it's as thought out as NBA Twitter thinks. Yeah. I don't think PJ Tucker is thinking, man, you know, I want to set up the situation so I play Golden State earlier. I think he's thinking about what retro Jordans I'm going to wear for for game one. Uh, Yeah, it would be more of a kind of coaching staff front office thing. Speaking of the Rockets and that team, CP3, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, the banana boat boys had some time because Carmelo's out of the league at this point. LeBron is not playing at this point. CP3 had his playoff situation taken care of. They get in the Learjet. They go and see... Dwayne Wade's one last dance for real in Brooklyn had his final home game in Miami, which was a scene in itself. Plays his last game in Brooklyn. Dirk had the same, his final game in Dallas at American Airlines Arena, then his last game on the road in San Antonio. Both road teams had tribute videos for those dudes, which I thought was a real nice touch. Dirk actually cried. I I would have gone to the locker room. I couldn't cry on the floor unless I was like (laughs) holding a trophy. I don't have any tear ducts. Um, But what I loved is that not only did they have these great tributes and these are two dudes who got to their stardom in totally different ways. And in a way they went out in totally different ways. D Wade is like, I'm enjoying this entire year. Mm -hmm. I'm having a roast at the all-star game. I'm trading jerseys with everybody. Every time I see them, Dirk kept quiet about it until that night after his second last game, he said it in a post game ceremony, but 
Uh, as you guys might expect, uh, this was my last home game. Uh, uh, yeah. But the commonality between the two was they played well. In their last home games, both went for 30. Both teams won. And so they showed that they still have a little bit something in the tank. What was your takeaways from the way those guys kind of left the game? I think uh, as two of the best players we've seen, Hall of Famers, I think there's no other way to go out. Other than, you know, we've seen Kobe finish his career with 60, which is damn near impossible if it's not Kobe Bryant. But, uh, you know, to see those two play well in their last game, they're going to reflect on their whole career. But I think that last game is what's going to stick with them. And at their age, able to go out and do that is is impressive. But I do wish, um, obviously it's, it's up to him, but I do wish Dirk would have, whether he decided it later in the season, I wish he would have said something. Just because as players, you know, if, if you know this is the last time you're going to play Dirk, whatever, you get him to sign some stuff. I know when we played uh, Kobe for the last time, everybody just basically bring in what they want him to sign and, and kind of made an experience of it just because you are a Hall of Famer. But, you know, I think that's the way Dirk, Dirk likes things. But um, I, I was... Happy to see the NBA and the teams and the fans kind of send them off in the right way, especially with the uh, them being in the All-Star game and, and different things like that, just because they've done so much for the game of basketball um, while they were playing. So I was happy to see that. And, you know, the jersey swaps, I you know, I, I do agree with, with people saying, um, you know, if, if it's two random guys, then it's kind of different. But I think, you know, when it's a, a Hall of Famer doing what he wants, you know, his, his last leg, I think he, they're, they're able to do whatever they want. So Carmelo was the recipient of Wade's last jersey in Brooklyn in his city in New York. It's sad that, as of right now, it looks like Carmelo's not going to get that one last dance tour. Dirk was saying all year, to your point, that oh, I never said this was my right, last right. year. My guy, everyone's telling you it's your last year. Yeah, like, we could watch him run. Yeah. <laughs> and tell, but. Um, although he still had a couple bunnies, still got up for a dunk, which was nice, and hit the, the one-legged... A fadeaway teardrop. So it was nice that he ha- he got a couple buckets in his last game. But it was nice to see them not go out, you know, Mamba mentality, going for sixty and taking like sixty shots. Right. They still played within the offense, but it was nice that they played well, played well in their basketball. farewells. Speaking of Kobe and the Lakers, he might as well be the next president of the Lakers at this point because Magic Johnson certainly isn't. Good evening again, everybody, live from Staples Center, where the Staples Center, the world of the NBA and probably the world of sports is in shock. Where at about 20 minutes ago, Irvin Magic Johnson said he is resigning. Magic Johnson is resigning as president of basketball operations for the Los Angeles Lakers. This came as a complete surprise to everyone, including owner Jeannie Buss. Magic had not told Jeannie Buss that he was resigning when he talked to us in the media, but he did say he wanted to keep his relationship with her as good as it could get because this job, well, he's just had enough. So today, I'm going to step down as a president. And um, I think her and I have such an amazing relationship. And I think that um, she gave me full power to do what I wanted to do. But I think that uh, with her and I, I want to always preserve our relationship. and and love her and then I think that I had more fun when I was able to be the big brother and ambassador to everybody you know I thought about Dwayne Wade retiring tomorrow and I can't even tweet it out or can't be there the NBA never fails and I did not think anything could overshadow the farewell tour from those guys but Magic Johnson's like yeah actually uh, all attention (laughs) on me to 
resign two and a half, three years in with a losing record in that span, the eighth worst record in the league in that span. And then to do it in an impromptu press conference with the media and not tell the owner after you just met with the owner the night before for three hours and you just met with LeBron and Rich Paul and didn't give any sort of hint to me, it was just bizarre. Like it was like he went full Trump. Like right. just anything <laughs> this guy does, you're not surprised. But this is kind of who Magic is. In so a way, should I have been surprised? It's tough. Obviously, I played uh, there for a year and a half under Magic and Rob and and everybody that's there now. But my thing was the whole year with the Lakers organization has been kind of it, it. Just really looked basically after they signed LeBron, the whole thing looked messy in a sense like dysfunction you know through the the trade rumors trade in Zubac and everyone's confused and I think this summed up the fact like okay so the dysfunction wasn't made up like there was something going on the whole year which explains their record and missing the playoffs with one of the best players we've ever seen you know injuries and we could blame a bunch of things but at the end of the day it starts with the front office and as players we see dysfunction and trade rumors and a bunch of stuff you could feel that everything's not okay. You could see stuff going on, and, and, and as much as people try to say, oh, you have to be mature and play through trade rumors and everything, in any profession, if Genie Bus said, hey, you know, we're going to fire Rob or we're going to fire Magic, they're going to have that same pressure that players have, but as players, we're expected to go out and forget everything and play our hearts out where not everybody's held to that same standard. And I think the problem with Magic was... um yeah, I think he just promised too much too early. And, you know, obviously the Lakers are, are one of the best organizations. And I think if you ask any player who wants to, do you want to live in L.A. and play for the, you know, the Lakers and, and that whole, uh, the loyalty and everything, then I think everybody would be interested. But you come in and the fan base is expecting you to deliver because of what you said. I don't think the, the president should be holding impromptu press conferences. I think it should be about the team. His title is supposed to be behind the scenes. And he works everything behind the scenes. And, you know, one of those situations where if they win, it's great. If they lose, nobody sees Magic because he's working and doing his job. Whereas I think he's Magic Johnson. He wants to be seen. He wants to do all these interviews. And I just think that ended up putting too much pressure on him. And he realized, obviously, he doesn't need this job. You know, he's a businessman and whatever else. But I just think he kind of got flooded with, you know, the expectations after coming in and expecting everything to be sweet. So. Yeah, it's it's a great point. He's not at the NCAA tournament evaluating prospects. He's at the NCAA tournament with a Michigan State hoodie on, cheering. Right, right. right? He's not on a flight going to Fenerbahce to see let me see how Tyler Ennis is doing and talk to his coaches and see if he's someone I want to bring into my franchise. He doesn't even know when Fenerbahce is playing. And part (laughs) of the job of a president is to do all of that dirty work that nobody sees. Right. Remember now who the next president is going to be? People are already saying they should go and, and take a shot at Masai Jury and shoot their shot with him. We shall see. I think uh, Masai's got a pretty good situation in Toronto. I talked to him about his situation in Toronto. Talked to him about what this playoff run means and what the expectations should be. That's next on Free Association.
It is the best time of year in sports. Playoffs are here. And if you're looking to live stream the home of the NBA in Canada, Sportsnet Now might be the product for you. It's available to anyone over the internet. Sportsnet Now gives you 24-7 access to Sportsnet's channels, including content not available on TV. You can stream on the go or at home on your big screen from the most popular devices, including smartphones and tablets, Apple TV, Xbox, and what I use, Chromecast. Sign up for as long as you want, and listen, you can cancel whenever you'd like. Live stream the Raptors and other NBA playoff matchups all the way to the NBA Finals. I think the Raptors might be in the NBA Finals. You also get over 500 NHL games, the MLB postseason, and the entire World Series. And the Blue Jays probably won't be in that. Plus, the Premier League and much more. All you got to do is visit snnow.ca. That's right, snnow.ca for more details. Over the last year, people have maybe characterized you differently because of the way things ended with, with previous players. Do you notice any of that? Do you hear any of that? Does any of it bother you? Uh, no. Uh, I, uh, I know what this chair is like. The two most difficult things in this business is uh, trading a player and when a player leaves. And if you're not ready to like deal with it, then it's tough to be in this business. It's, it's one of the hardest things to deal with because you try to build camaraderie, you try to build the family atmosphere, culture, and, and then you have to think about winning. When I look at myself in the mirror, I, I ask myself, did I give a chance? Yeah, did I give it a chance? I know the five years that I gave, uh, whether it's Damar or Casey. You, you feel bad because you know these people personally, um, but I, I don't feel bad about what people say. I've never, I, I, I honestly, like, I don't care. I don't, I, don't, I don't see those things to affect me as a job. I don't see anybody different. I don't think uh, less of anybody um, just because they write or say or make comments. Um, I have to do my job and do it the best way that I can. And I know I try to. The day I leave this job, I know I've given it my best. Your name is being mentioned again as Executive of the Year candidate. Is that something that even crosses your mind? No, uh, not at all. I, to me, is uh, this is a player's first league. It's all about the players, in my opinion, and uh, the players get you as far as any of us are going to go. And uh, honestly, nothing uh, like all these awards or all these things. To me, yes, um, okay, they are it's just for the team to win, you know, it's, it's a team game, that's, that's more important uh, to me and um, I've got my one executive of the year, you know, like a, um, a few years ago as a, as a young executive, now it's time to win. Among some media, it's a fait complete that after the year he'll be gone, you've been public that you like your opportunity to keep him, what do you know that, that others don't? Uh, I know I know one thing, I know that it is better um, to have um, uh, one year to try to convince him uh, than having one hour. Yeah, so if you are in a free agent meeting, what do you have an hour, two hours to come to, to try to convince somebody to come play with you? Um, 
We have one whole year um, for him to know who we really are. Uh, I'll take that. What is a successful year? Some people have said, well, Kawhi stays at success, gets to the finals of success. How do you define success? Win. Simple. Win. So you heard it from the man himself, Masai Yajuri. He said, win. Simple. Win. That is the expectation. I am Donovan Bennett. We're going to break that down, but first, I'm here with the homies, with the crew. I've got some backup. Danielle Michelle, say hi. Hey, everybody. We're back. Basil Camisa. Yes, what's going on? And Jesse Rubinoff. What up, yo? So now you've heard the voices, and now you're going to hear the hot takes. There's really two questions when it comes to this Raptors postseason. And you guys are here specifically because you've been in this market. You understand it. Is this year different? It's the thought on every Raptors fan's mind. Is it? It has to be. It absolutely has to be because this is the best team that the Raptors have ever put on the court. And therefore, there needs to be and will be a different result. I have full confidence we're going to see a completely different playoff performance. Well, I mean, if we had this conversation a year ago today, you would have said the exact same thing. Probably. That's the problem, I guess, right? (laughs) But the pieces are different. Like Things are different. And even when you say it has to be, that's still kind of qualifying the statement. It is defiantly different. It is defiantly different this year because you have a guy that has won in the finals before in Danny Green. And then you have Kawhi Leonard as well, by the way. So you have two guys that have actually been there and back that play for your team that are major contributors. It is defiantly different. But that sounds like the conversation we had two years ago when we had Serge Ibaka and P.J. Tucker. And you had these two (sighs) defensive gurus, guys who have been through playoff wars before, although P.J. Tucker hadn't been through playoff wars. He played in Phoenix. But that's the thing that we said because it made us feel good. And so I ask again, is it different? Like, what's the goal, though? What what, what do they have to accomplish for this team to have exercised the Raptors' demons of years past? Does it have to be finals or bust do they have to win the nba finals well that's question number two jesse i only have jump so now we're there thanks <laughs> i got no more good questions the, the, the question number two and the reason why you brought it up is because smartly they are tied together what's the definition of success because we could go to our newsroom right now and pull 15 of your finest basketball fans and i think for everyone it's different is success Hoisting Larry O'Brien, all the rings and things you sing about, bring them out. Is it that? Is it making it to the finals for the first time in franchise history? Is it, you know, you're the second seed, so getting to the conference finals, that, that's par. That would be all right. That wouldn't be a letdown. Or is it, and this would be my option in the multiple choice, Kawhi Leonard resigning on July, whatever. Wait, but how do you get? You don't get there when you lose in the first round or lose in the second round or even lose in the third round, I don't think. I, I think if you get to the finals, then your odds of having Kawhi stay increase drastically. I think if you don't, he's like, all right, we I tried. Have, Let's move on. Like, they have to win, I think, regardless for Kawhi to have the that. championship? Yeah. You, like, you I don't know world. how much Yo. he's swayed. I you, honestly, I don't think he's that much more you, swayed. You know, than, so he peace. knows they're going to the playoffs. Is, you know why LeBron Kinda. can't sign anyone for Space Jam 2? It's because they're the Warriors and they're under contract. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's why, right? Yeah. They're too good. Well, and it's fine to have that. Also, Under Armour is like Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, not well, doing we're not going to get into the real reasons. We're not going to get the real reasons. Yeah, we're not going to get the real reasons. Fine. I actually think it's a little bit deeper than that. Like, I don't necessarily think if the Raptors win the NBA title or they lose the NBA title in. The finals against the Warriors, I don't know if Kawhi makes his decision based on that because there are so many moving pieces potentially 
in the offseason? What if Kevin Durant leaves and goes to the New York Knicks and then suddenly the Warriors aren't what the Warriors are supposed to be oh, this year and hopefully going to be in the finals? Oh, man. All right. So Kawhi, if they do say lose to the Warriors, which would be fantastic, I think, for the entirety of the Raptors fan base, if Durant leaves, if something else happens with the Warriors and there isn't that roadblock at the very end, Kawhi might say, okay, well, we got through the East. Now, maybe when we get to the finals, there won't be that team like the Warriors, and maybe we can take that next step. So maybe if they lose in the finals, Kawhi still stays. But I do think they have to get over the hump, and that hump includes getting past probably what is the Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo in, in the Eastern Conference Finals. This is why this postseason is fascinating. It's different than any other postseason that we've had in this market because this is a playoff preview. We have not talked about the matchup. We're not talking about who Kawhi's guarding. We're talking about what this postseason run means to the future of the franchise. That's what it's about. Specifically, Kawhi Leonard. And, Jesse, you talked about the moving pieces. To me, it's musical chairs. How many other options are there in the NBA that are greater for Kawhi than this one? Comes back, he makes 50-plus more million dollars. Yeah, yeah. He's promoting... That new, new, new balance to a country, not a market. And he has a chance to win a championship. Who's going to L.A. with the Magic Johnson disaster? Disaster, thank you. The Clippers, maybe, but they're still the Clippers. And, yeah. and they will probably lose in the first round to Golden State. Are you going to the Brooklyn Nets? Is Kawhi Leonard going to Look, New York? It's not any warmer in New York. Yeah. Everybody's different. Every player makes a decision based on different factors. But I think... For Kawhi, you want to be in the best situation to make yourself win in your finite NBA career. These NBA careers are not that long. If you want to go back home and live in LA or live in San Diego, do it when your career is over. This is my personal opinion, so it could be different for each individual player. But I don't need to go somewhere to live where it's warm during my career. You have the rest of your life to go live somewhere and be somewhere where it's warm. Just is that cold even a real thing? It's cold. Don't get me wrong. It's really cold. I mean, I think it's a real thing. It is, we are taping this, full disclosure, on April 11th. <laughs> and there was snow it's coming from the outside. Sky. Yeah, it's like fine. Fine. No, we live in Canada. Let's get over yeah, it. But we it were, also snows in New York. No, right. But we were born in Canada. Yes. We were not born in California. Yes. And there's a difference. This is and, true. We don't know how beautiful it is out there. Well, we do. Winter and so does Kauai. Which is why we vacation there. True. But Kauai can vacation at way nicer places yeah, than seven we can. Years He'll be life. fine. And half the year that you're playing here anyways. And you're on the road for half of that anyway. So it's like, at what point do we stop using the cold as a factor? It, it does not up to us. But at what point do we say, all right, if they win, that's more important than the weather. Because if Kauai, let, you'll never know if Kauai makes a decision out of weather. So why are you even talking about it? I'd also like to say that I think the Toronto Raptors as an organization has done everything they can to put themselves in the best light. Yeah, and I don't sure. think Kawhi's decision is is not for lack of effort on the part of Masai and Nick Nurse and the entire team that he's worked with. Because every single bite we've heard from him has been super positive about his experience from day one. He- so they've put themselves in the best position, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to come back. He said post-game 82. So, you know, I'm happy. You know, we're second place. Uh, we got an opportunity to, to get where we want to get to. I'm happy. Those two words in themselves Fun were guy. enough to make me think, okay, maybe, maybe he stay. Maybe he stay, but I don't even think he's made a decision yet. And I don't think he's even trying to make a decision yet yeah. because Kawhi just seems like a guy that wants to get business done and For then sure. deal with post-business. 
So, Daniel, I do agree. They have put themselves in a great position, and that means one win shy of the franchise record for wins in the regular season puts them in the two slot facing the Magic in round one in the last however long. The conversation has been, who are they going to play? Is it going to be Detroit? Is it going to be Dwayne Casey once again? Is it going to be the Magic and Jeff Weltman coming back? It's going to be Brooklyn and D'Angelo Russell versus Pascal for the MIP <laughs> award. It is magic. Do we like this matchup? Do we feel good about this matchup? Does it matter? And that's the problem is I feel like it just did not matter. It I didn't care matter. what. Yeah, I did not care what opponent it was. I'm already past it, which I know you're not supposed to do. But I feel like the bottom half of the East is completely inconsequential. And even when you look at people talking about the matchups in the East, everyone's focused on when they beat this team, they will be playing this team. And mm-hmm. if you look at the Raptors path, it could not be more open for them yeah, this it's year. Great. It's a great right? path. It's a great path. And look, uh, Raptors in three over the Magic, sure. And then, <laughs> and then look, is Philly a lock to get by the Nets? I don't know. Embiid, who knows if he's even going to play in the first round. Simmons still can't hit a three, let alone a long two. And I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of question marks on the other team. But I think the Raptors... Don't possess those question marks right now. And that's what makes them uh, such a formidable threat. The Celtics, who knows? No Oladipo in Indy. Uh, Milwaukee's kind of hurt. Giannis is trying to lead a team for the very first time with great expectations. This Raptors team, again, objectively, it's probably the worst matchup of all eight in the NBA. Raptors magic. It's not sexy. It's not appealing. But for the Raptors, that's probably how you want it, given how the last few years have been stress-wise. Just get her done and move on. See, i got to put a little respect on the Magic's name. Yeah. Post-trade deadline, when you look at their net rating, they've been one of the best teams in the NBA. Sure. Yeah. Second-best yeah. defensive team. Cover. Sure. I don't know. I, I, to me, I don't think this is four easy, comfortable games. Who do you see challenging them, though? Realistically, who's stepping up big for the Magic and going to make it difficult? Terrence Bartholomew. Yeah, you think it's cool. You're relying on a lot of things having to go right for the Magic to get her done. Like, Vucevic has to win the matchup in, against the center every single night. And then Gordon and Isaac have to be defensive studs that they have to be. And then the bench, which is really good defensively, features one score in Terrence Ross. And then he has to go off every single night as well. There's too many uh, what-ifs for the Magic to even upset the Raptors four yeah. times. And I think even one or two games. So having all those things go right against a Raptors team again, that is like who guards Kawhi and then who guards Pascal and then who guards Dan? like there are too many threats on this gear. Raptors no. team right yeah. now. And it's not a knock on the magic who I think have been a good surprise. And maybe for once have finally put this rebuild together, but like, sorry, man, I'm not relying on DJ Augustine to, to be the guy. It's also about a mentality too. It feels like the magic, although they've had a really good second half of the year, they're still a collection of, of young talent and they don't necessarily have the playoff experience. So I feel like their mentality, they walk into the playoffs, they're like, oh, you know, we're just happy to be here. And that's the recipe for a pretty quick series because you have a, a team like the Raptors who knows what the goal is. They are going to be fired up and ready to go. Terrence Ross has the most playoff experience of anybody <laughs> on the Orlando Magic. He's played 31 games of the playoffs, and they all came with the Raptors. So the lights are going to be bright, shining on the Magic, and it'll be interesting to see how they do respond. But... I Toronto's think it's be combined quick. players have nearly 700 yeah. playoff games under it's their belt. It's a mismatch. 700, Deej. Yeah, I mean, half of that is, is Kawhi. Yeah, that's and fine. Like, another 40% is Gasol. Oh, yeah, why? Because I'll he made it that. deep into the playoffs yeah. a lot? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's that. cool. So we've seen this season series between these two teams in the regular season. Yep. Two and two. They split it. However, Kyle Lowry didn't play in two of those games. Kawhi Leonard didn't play in one of those games. The playoffs is certainly a different animal. But I will say... And do I think the Magic are going to be the Raptors? No. But if the Raptors drop 
two games, maybe three. <laughs> I think that's a net loss because with the load management of Kawhi, with Lowry's exposure to injury and him breaking down year after year in the postseason, I think you you need to get out of this round early and rest because the rest of the run to get to 16 wins is going to be a dogfight. I say all that to say this as we end the pod. We go around the room. I start with you, Faisal. What is the scenario winner? I think we all say Raptors, but in the amount of games in round one, and how far does this team go this season? Realistically, Raps in five, uh, they make the finals. Like the NBA finals? Yes, the NBA finals. Okay, wow. That's a hot take. I'm going to say... Is that a hot take? Well, right. it's like, I hope, you know, it's weird to think that the second seed, you're still like, I don't know, can they make You don't the want to alien, alienate anybody that's listening to this podcast no by not saying that they're going <laughs> to They're going all early. the way to yeah, the No, ship. Magic in seven, but... Uh, <laughs> I also think Raps in five, and please win game one. For the love of God, win game one. But Raps in five, and I think... Oh, God. Raps... The Eastern Conference We're not final. Arrest they'll, you they'll yeah, lose. Yeah, I think they're going to lose in the Eastern Conference final. It's all, good. It's all good. They're going to lose in the Eastern Conference final. At City Michelle, at her. Oh yeah. my God. Look, I think the Magic series is going to be rather quick, although, as we talked about, the Magic are one of the hottest teams in the league coming in. I just don't think the talent or experience matches up. So I'm going to say Raps in five there. And I think because the Magic series has the potential to be a little bit sleepy, I think if the Sixers beat the Nets, uh, which I think a lot of people are assuming that is going to happen. I think the Raps are going to be in for a very stern test against the Sixers. I do see them winning that series, but then I believe that's going to take a lot out of them. And once they get to the Eastern Conference Finals against Giannis and the Bucks, I think it's going to go seven. And I think, unfortunately, the Raptors are going to fall in the Eastern Conference Final. But I don't. So hit again, Jesse up instead of me. I don't. Now, guys. I don't think that that is going to mean that this season uh, is a step back or that they didn't reach their goals. I understand that the NBA Finals, it seems like it's NBA Finals or bust, but let's not forget, the Raptors aren't the only team in the NBA. There are other very, very good basketball teams, and the Milwaukee Bucks did finish the league with the regular season with the best record in the league for a reason, and they have a guy in Giannis who potentially could win the MVP. It's either him or James Harden. So if they can get to seven against the Bucks, it's a job well done, and then anything can happen. The Magic have won 11 of their last 13 games. Do I work for SN Stats? Did I pull that off the top of my head? No. Super producer Emil Delich told me in my ear. But it's still a fact, and the Magic still deserve respect. Having said all that, I've played the pessimist on this podcast, but I think it's actually Raptors in four. I've just been, I've just been playing the part to push for good content from you guys. I read it. And I actually think the Raptors are going to the finals for the first time ever because the Bucks have huge injury questions. How healthy is Brogdon going to be? The Celtics have questions, period, around who's going to be playing in crunch time and how well they'll be playing. And Philly is a terrible matchup for the Raptors because Kawhi Leonard is in Ben Simmons' head. So I, I do think the Raptors, if I had to lay money, which I would never do because I'm a responsible human being, I think the Raptors are going to the finals for the first time ever. But that's just me. So feel free to at me when it doesn't <laughs> happen. Uh, and they're down 2-1 at this time and next week. They're uh, going to lose game one and everyone's going to be all over us. Enjoy the ride, though. Hey, it makes for good content. It makes for good content. I'm at Donovan Bennett. This has been Free Association. Before we go, give out your handles and what you're working on. At City Me Show, and we got all kinds of fun NHL playoff stuff coming your way. If you check out the uh, Sportsnet digital handles, I'm doing that with actually Mr. Donovan Bennett and Mr. Faisal Kamisa. So 
Lots yeah. of fun stuff. Uh, at SN Faisal Kamisa, what Danielle said, uh, some TV stuff this week in 30. Little Gotta See It action as well, playoff style. A lot of fun stuff from there. and Some curling. Some curling on your way soon. I'm still in pain. He's still stiff. I am still in pain. He's tough. At Jesse Rubinoff, working on Sportsnet Central from time to time and uh, producing it, associate producing it. So keep it locked, Sportsnet Central. All playoffs long. Keep it locked. <laughs> you know what's up. We'll give you the best content. There you have it. This has been Free Association. Listen, rate, subscribe, like, share. Do all those things that people tell you to do with your podcast wherever you get them. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, we're going to have the Raptors playoffs for you all throughout on Sportsnet One. As Michelle said, we're going to have digital content for you on the web, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We've got Raptors Game Day setting you up for each game, every game day, hence the name. Brought to you by our friends at Uber Eats. Uh, and also, we're going to have stuff on Instagram Live. This has been a Raptors support group. I appreciate it, friends, <laughs> for talking through it. I think we're going to have another conversation like this in a couple weeks. And it may be, <laughs> it, it may be tears of joy or tears of sadness. It's oh, been fun. No. Put her on put her on the line. Get her raptor six. Hi Sandy. Hi, hi. I'm trying to get uh, Mom, I'm in I'm about to shoot a podcast. I can't chat right now. Oh, can I just ask you a quick question? The boys wanted to say hi, so that's why you're on speakerphone. Hi. Hello. How do you how do you uh, attach the the Bluetooth? <laughs> it's called the it's the mega boom. You eat U-E Mega Boom. U-E Mega Boom. U-E Mega Boom. Okay, <laughs> well, while we have you, Kawhi, are you staying? Yes or no? <laughs> She'd have a take. Oh, that's a great question. How do you connect with the U-E Mega Boom? <laughs> <laughs>